Good evening. I understand how the boys feel when they're preparing for a race. It's quite nervous, but um, but it's good to be able to share again the word together and the opportunity we have that as men, the pastor gives, which is a blessing. And uh, just thinking, we're just singing about our eternal home in heaven, a great hope. And as you can probably see from the uh, bulletin, on the back page is my outline. Thanks, Elise, for putting that on there. All hope and the hope of heaven. And that's, um, it's a great hope we have. And uh, our, our home that the Lord is preparing for us now, those who believe on his name. And um, just another home just here in Albury or Wodonga in the area has just been... Uh, it's at lock-up stage at the moment. It's not a home yet. No one's living in it. It's a house, I suppose you'd call it. But um, I've just heard of a situation where recently the builder, a building company and um, someone that works is helping them, contracting, um, they had ordered a wall frames, all the wall frames off a certain framing company in Wodonga. And, but they had specified all the top plates to be triple plated, like instead of just your one top, you've got your bottom and top plate, just a bit of wood that holds all the... Uh, you know, and you hold it all together. Um, studs, thank you, and your joists and your studs, yeah. And anyway, the top wanted to be three, have three bits of timber. And uh, they only did it for part of the order. And so what the builders did, they undertook and cut the extra timber and fitted them themselves, and that took a bit of time, and it slowed them up. So they charged the framing company the labour that it took and they complained obviously about that extra cost that was incurred for this labour that but um, the framing company complained you didn't clearly specify in your order um, but the lady at the building company she went and googled the word all because that's what they had put in their purchase order all frames to be triple top plated and that means in Google, used to refer to the whole quantity, extent of a particular group or thing. And the synonym is every one. So every single frame should have been done. That's what their argument was. <laughs> Last week the house was at lock-up and they were still in dispute, so nothing had been... I'm not sure if it's been another week of what's happened there. But um, So there we have our subject, all hope, and let's pray and then we'll read the 1 to 23 of Colossians chapter 1. Lord God, we thank you for this day and Lord that we can worship you in spirit and in truth, the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ, the truth of the word of God that is revealed through the Holy Spirit, what who he is and what he did for us, your son Lord and we thank you for our salvation as we'll be seeing tonight, so rich and free in Christ. And Lord, we thank you for the simplicity of the gospel, even coming down to a three-letter word, all, and uh, all who believe by faith. And, and Father, we pray you'll help me, your servant, um, that as I know others have prayed, and that is my desire too, that everyone here, and even me, just see Jesus in the word tonight. We ask these things for your guidance. To as Thank you for all those that have been praying today, for all those that have opened the word, and for our pastor, and uh, him and Jill, and you'll keep them safe and refreshed, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read. Let's, I'm just going to read the first 23 verses I'll, from Colossians chapter 1, and then we'll be honing in on one verse in verse 23, which is the last verse of this text Colossians 1 Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven Whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, 
which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were cre created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am made a minister. You might have noticed there was a word that kept popping up. It was only a three-letter word, the word all. And I counted it. And uh, 14 times just in what we read there, and actually to the end of the chapter, there's another little one in verse 28. But also, in verse 23, I read at the end there, every creature, that means all, doesn't it? And every man perfect in Christ at the end of 28, made perfect. Uh, God has a great and wonderful plan to include everybody. That was his purpose in his plan of salvation. And, but, um, and while they have the breath of life, they have that opportunity when they hear the truth of the gospel. As we've read, the hope. Now, all hope. Now, um, starting with our first point, let's not lose sight of the promises of that hope. Um, verse 23, we'll pick up from there and then we'll just sort of flick back through the chapter as we've read. And be not moved away, as we see there, from the hope of the gospel. People need hope. Naturally, we want an expectation of positive outcomes with respect to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large. That was Google too, what hope means. But here in the scripture, it means much more. And we're going to see that as we've even sung of the hope of heaven. So people every day in the world are putting plans together. Banks, businesses, organisations will even sell you a plan to help you uh, hope that your present and future well-being will be safely secured. Resume plans, business plans, dietary plans, retirement plans, house plans. What we haven't, um, what we have here also in Colossians is uh, the Apostle Paul has presented again the great and greatest and most surest plan that we can have ever. The plan of eternal salvation, the truth of the gospel, which they believed in. And they were being faithful in. There weren't really any problems here. We'll learn about why he wrote it in a little bit. And this is available to everyone. See, with that word, all the world. And uh, 
And that as we read from verse 22, uh, 12, which we did, to 22, and we see that all is centered around the Son, and uh, the Son there mentioned in verse 13, the Son of the Father, which is mentioned in verse 2 and verse 3. God. And the Apostle Paul really in emphasizing on the Lord Jesus Christ all hope, uh, he, for the first four verses, he mentions the Lord Jesus Christ, his wonderful name. And then in verse 5, then he starts with the word hope, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven through the word of the truth of the gospel. And uh, our, our, there, as we move down our little outline, hope of salvation. Now, of full salvation, of all salvation. Um, now, when we think of that word all, like, when we put an assembly together of a part and we have to send it to Sydney, they don't have an engineering department really like we have in Sydney and they expect it to be complete, every nut and bolt, even down to the grease nipple and uh, bearing and bolts to be, and even painted if it had to be, uh, to be finished before it arrived in Sydney when we put it on the truck. If it's not completed, they complain back in Albury because they just want to put it in. They just want to install it straight away without having to worry and you know the hope of full salvation we do have the finished work of the cross um, that has been accomplished by the Lord Jesus and that is wonderful there's nothing more we have to do to finish it off and so the hope that we have believed that the Lord Jesus Christ died and it talks about the gospel that he died in verse 20 I'm just going to quickly read out verses not read them again, but just the reference. And verse 22, it talks about his death. And, and even back in verse 14, it talks about uh, through his blood. That's referring to his death because he, he, he shed his blood and died um, for our sins. And for our sins, Christ died. And we read that. That was our wicked works that we were continually, habitually committing against him as an enemy against God, an enemy in our mind, verse 21. Uh, and that we were separated, we were alienated uh, from God. We had no nothing to do with Him before um, salvation. And do you know what? In their hope of full salvation, this is evidence we see. And Paul is rejoicing in their fruit. Uh, and the first one of the first fruits of true salvation is true repentance, is it not? Repentance toward God um, and and faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 4, we see, because he heard of their faith. And so verse, did I mention 6, the fruit there? of, And we know that that is in the understanding of they, they truly repented. And, and here we have um, the little word all we've already looked at. I've just sort of mentioned that. Now, I want to take us to a smaller word, only two letters in verse 23, and, and how much meaning they can have in our understanding of the context. Verse 23, the word if. Now, just in studying, and it takes a bit of time, in understanding this word if is what is known as a subordinating conjunction. Now, I can't, I, what I'll just go off is what I've sort of tried to put together very briefly. Just um, This means there is a condition, what we know as a clause, all right? Uh, now, we know there, uh, they had to continue. If you continue, we know what continue means. Uh, that's the verb. Um, and in the faith, ground settled. Be not moved away. Now, I'll try and read this slowly. The present tense in the indicative move, moved away, means. Now, what that means in reading about it, there is something existing here already in these believers in being not moved away from the hope. That is their faith. They already have faith. And that mood, as you, that, like that voice, means um, occupying or originating simultaneously with another thing. So they have faith, true faith. And, and so during the same period of time, something else, Paul's trying to warn them about something else that might happen. Um, 
And what he's saying is, I don't want you to be distracted. I don't want you to be moved away from the hope of the gospel to lose sight. As Tony said this morning, lose focus. Or as, I mean, Ian was referring to Tony with the earlier Sunday school studies, we, we've got to keep our eye on the goal, the, the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And so he um, doesn't want them to lose focus from the hope of the gospel now the clause if there now what I really wanted to emphasize it does not suggest at all any doubt or lay down any condition by which we can lose our salvation at all so it's not talking about losing your salvation it it is asking a question what will happen if you are distracted from the hope of the gospel and it's answered in the previous verse 22 We'll stop growing, and the Lord will be, which I'm, I'm stealing other from later on. We're not going to be presented holy before the Lord, unreprovable in His sight, because we're going to be ashamed at His coming, um, and we don't want to be that. And so he, here we have a warning: we're going to be robbed of joy, we're going to be robbed of blessing, of the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, and also eternally before God, rewards. We're going to lose rewards for not being as faithful because we were distracted. And so this should give us, secondly, the hope of steadfastness. As I wake up in the morning, I try and habitually say, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness to get my spiritual faculties cogs running first thing so that nothing else distracts me from literally the hope of the gospel so I can get into the mindset of of getting up and praying and reading the word and develop and keep developing that good habit and not be moved away from the hope that I need each day to keep me strong in the Lord so the apostle can give a great example. He is able to rejoice. He is in prison writing this in Rome, as we learn on Monday nights. And he is suffering there. And he is one who could write a whole list of, a whole page full of distractions that of his own discomforts and sicknesses and, and ailments that, that he would legitimately be entitled to under those conditions. But he doesn't. He's... he's He's giving them a rejoicing in verse 24 in his sufferings. And also, I want to read a few verses that Philippians 1, 6, he's in prison there too, being confident of this one thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Now, we're looking at the hope of steadfastness. John 10, 28, And I give unto them, Christ's sheep, he's talking about the Lord Jesus, eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. John 3.18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. John 11.26a, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. So we have the simplicity of a simple faith in a simple gospel. And this teaching we have uh, looked at is it's very plain. The Paul is laying it out very plain, yet um, it's very definite, okay? and But we have to fight as servants in the Lord's army, right? And until, literally, we are a conqueror. And when we do stop fighting, say, if we move away from the hope of the gospel, uh, verse 22 and 28, um, see... We are see we when we see there in twenty we're presented before God perfect that's 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 the the purpose of 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 our um, being steadfast in in the love of Christ and 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 faithful to present us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight and um what is that when we see Christ like. So, you know, that should, that should encourage us with, to be strong uh, in, in the battle because between now and then we must not allow ourselves to be tempted, distracted, to lay down the sword in fighting the good fight of faith. And maybe in the hope we might think in, one, in a distraction, which we'll look at down in point three. We're going to look at a few of those distractions there. 
um, we might get to a point where we just we just feel that it's just too much and we might take the sword up at another time. We might lay it down. And um, But in the light of the gospel, there is actually a warning, as we see in 28, um, whom we preach, warning every man. This is a warning. Not We need to be uh, not laying down our sword and laying uh, in the battle, as it were. Um, our fight so Philippians 2.12 the second part but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and when we think of that work out your own salvation that's talking to the Philippian believers it's not saying to unsaved you need to work it out you need to he's saying you need to grow in this great conflict of persecution that you're facing as I am in bonds to um with fear and trembling because there was none of this nonsense that when the cat's away, like the apostle and others, Paul, the mice do play. That, it's, that was not accepted biblically. You, you, you had to be faithful. Um, we have to be... Uh, it's, it's, it's quite a... Yeah, it's a, it's a warning, it's a command. And verse 16 and 17, in thinking on this steadfastness... Um, the Lord Jesus Christ is the author of all life, who is the invis... Uh, actually, I'll start with 16, sorry. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And so... Um, and 15, we see who is also the invisible image of the invisible and we see the word firstborn um, which means the Lord created everything he was never created like as in when we this firstborn is figuratively of um, the order of importance in all creation because he created it he has as we see at the end of 18 the preeminence that he might have the preeminence the superiority the word was used this morning by Ian we need to have sealed in our minds while it is the calm before the storm, especially for us in Australia. I just we have the blessing of, of, a, of a prime minister that professes faith, and things can change rapidly. We can we've seen that, and we need we've, we're in this calm before the storm. This early church is in the midst of great persecution and suffering, as we're reading, and they are in the storm, and they are obeying, as we see in verse four and the love which they have to all the saints, their faith. They are still bearing good fruit, of, uh, as verse 5. They're actually bearing the good fruit, and, and that the Lord Jesus Christ says he will keep them to the end, whatever happens. He says that in the Gospels. He will keep us, and uh, he promises that. And just another verse, for 2 Timothy chapter 1, this last part of verse 12. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And he's in prison in Second Timothy 2, about knowing to be martyred too. And uh, so be steadfast. When things go wrong, we need to carry on. So we have a hope beyond this, the hope of the resurrection. Even after this life here on earth, we have a hope of the resurrection. Verse 18. And this is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And everything centres around the resurrection from the Old to the New Testament in the whole Bible. The, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, the perfect Lamb, as they typified in the Old Testament. And it is our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, as we know in the New and so, the hope of the resurrection. And you know, Psalms 116, 15. Precious is the sight of the Lord, uh, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And our frail bodies, they fall down. And the world calls them corpse. But we can be sure of this. And where could we go? The great chapter on the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15. We might just turn there briefly. Read a few verses as we... In this hope of the resurrection. <coughs> uh, 
Now, 42 of chapter... Now, the previous two verses uh, talk of God's glory, of his creating power, you know, um, man and animals and, 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 and even the angels, celestial. But then the glory, we read in verse 41 or 42, so also is the resurrection of the dead. So... God's creating power is glorious, but his resurrecting the dead, those in Christ, is, is, um, is, it is sown in corruption, we know, in sin, but it is raised in incorruption. And, uh, and so our bodies shall rise again. That is a hope. Now, we read back in verse 14 of our text um, through his blood. Okay, we have we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, and we know the blood is the price which He bought us with. Christ bought not half of man, but the whole. The spirit, soul, and body shall dwell forever with Him. So we must never give up. May our confidence never be shaken in the hope of the resurrection of our mortal bodies, and. Um, and it is the most, the resurrection is the most well evidenced historical fact, cementing the hope of our confidence. And uh, this hope of the gospel, we must never let it go. And there's also um, in verse 16 and 20, which I'll just read, Jesus of First Corinthians 15, Jesus Christ did rise from the dead, and he also has. Um, come back to tell us that there is another world where we shall inherit a far more blessed condition than this present one. And we read that in 1 Corinthians 16, 20, uh, 15, verses 16 to 20. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not, uh, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now Christ is, is, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. So, um, and that is our hope as that was witnessed and is recorded in history, in, in the history of the word of God. And so next one, the hope of, of there it's written hope of heaven, but I, I've got the hope of the rapture, which we takes us to heaven, you know, the Lord. But Jesus comes before you die. We are promised to meet him in the air. And we read that also in First Corinthians 15. Uh, 15, uh, 51 to 52. But I just want to go to First Thessalonians where we read of it also there, chapter 4. And that's from 13 to 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep that is die, in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself thou descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these... Uh, Words and we must not put this imminent hope among the dark prophecies or doubtful dreams. It is a clearly revealed truth, as we read there, uh, that Jesus is coming again, as the hymn writer wrote, and he's to take his people out of this earth so that the wrath of God, as we understand, can be re revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men's hearts. And uh, and that's in chapter 5, verse 9 to 11, we read about that. But secondly, I need to move on. Let's not lose hope of the gospel as to its foundation promises. And first, 
a good place to start in finding some very appreciative expressions of praise and thankfulness in all hope, as we title. And it would be our hymn book, as we've sung from tonight. And there we find the amazing, uh, rich, free, glorious, sovereign grace of God written about and sung as we sing in those doctrines. And uh, verse end of verse 6, as we go back to Colossians, back a little bit, chapter 1, verse the 6 there, it talks about, the Apostle Paul says, and, and you knew the grace of God in truth. And we can know that through the word, through the hymns. Great God of wonders, these are the hymns, who is a pardoning God like thee, or who has grace so rich and free. At Calvary we know well, oh, the love that drew salvation's plan, oh, the grace that brought it down to man, oh, the mighty gulf that God did span. Grace that is greater than our sins, 209. Marvellous, infinite, matchless grace freely bestowed on all who believe. And you see the common theme with grace, how the writers express the free, how rich and free it is and in their appreciation of it. And uh, Titus 3, 5 to 6, I'll read. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and newing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. The Lord claims for himself the right of mercy, and as he can exercise it without the violation of his justice and judgment through the atoning sacrifice of Christ. Um, and so we joy and rejoice in the fact that men are not saved because of any natural goodness or of anything that they have done or ever shall do. Um, this is hope, as we see the word hope, for the very chief of sinners, the vilest offender who truly believes, the uttermost to the guttermost. If he has saved the dying thief, as we know he has, the Lord, if he has saved the adulterer, as we have testified in the word, if he has saved even the murderer, why should he not save me? And uh, God doesn't want you to go to hell. Neither do you. The only thing you can do to be saved from his wrath on judgment day is to repent. And that means to turn from our sin, our wicked works in verse 21, and put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone, as we've understood already, took the punishment for our sin when he suffered and died on the cross, completely paying our fine through his own life's blood. That's the gospel. Because God is gracious, therefore he bestows his grace upon the undeserving and the lost. Let's not lose hope. The goodness of Christ there. Who Jesus is, what he has done for us. We sing that in Sunday school. What Christ has suffered. Who Christ is and what he has done for us. Who? Christianity, that is, we know, being born again, through faith has been testified even by critics and unbelievers that it is the best and safest of all ways of religions, as they say. Why? Because there is a rest straight away given when one truly believes from all their trials and burdens they bear. And so the question is, where is the rest for the soul? Is the foundation of our hope is to be what we are or what we do or what we feel. Where's the hope in that? In Christ we have something solid to rest upon. And verse 3, we read who uh, Jesus is. He is the Son of God, we see there in this text. He is God, verse 15. And Ian took us to chapter 2. In his deity, he is God. For him, verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is the creator. Verse 16, we read. He is the sustainer also by the word of his power. We know. Verse 17. He is the head of the body, the church, our saviour. Verse 18, the first part there. He is our all in all, in verse 18 as well, and 19. For it pleased the Father that in all the fullness dwell. He is our Saviour who has reconciled us back to God through his own blood. Verse 20 and 21. 
He is our Lord of glory, verse 22. And uh, what has he done for us? Well, we, uh, we believe we know and believe in by faith. Uh, there is an illustration. Um, when I'm at work and I get a phone call from our Sydney office, from maybe our general manager or our managing director, um, I show a full conscious respect on the phone when I'm talking to them for you know, who they are. They're the boss. And what they have to deal with each day, the pressures and, and the problems. And I try to do what they want if they ask something to be done straight away, to show that respect, what they want. And I try to thank them for their time Thank you for your time, just having a chat. And I try to show them, my bosses, management, appreciation for what they do because basically they're helping me to keep food on the table. I know the Lord supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory, but he's doing it through them to keep me in a job. They put, they pay the bills. So, But what about our great Saviour and Lord who has done so much more? The cross of Christ should be central to everything we do, as we do unto the Lord and not unto men. And I have to remind that myself at work. Sometimes when things get a bit dull and monotonous or, you know, things are a bit stressful, I'm doing it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Yes, I'm respecting those men God has put in my life, they've surrounded me with. But by my higher management in, in where I work, managing well the company, the whole company, I have to do, um, to a degree, I have a guarantee why they're doing that well of that work continuing. And the great thing is we can praise God for his immutability. God changes not. And so we have a wonderful guarantee in what he has already done, who he is. Um, now, if he, we can praise God for his immutability that God changes not. Okay, And if he did, our life on this earth would be consumed in a flash, literally. Now, my job situation can change overnight. But we have a guarantee of God. And this cements all our hope, the same yesterday and today and forever. And the hymn writer tells us of the unchanging power of his blood. And we read about that in verse 14. Again, I keep mentioning that. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power. What a hope. Till all the ransom church of God be saved to sin no more. Our hope is eternal. Our hope is in the eternal truth of the word of God. The end of verse 5. The word of the truth of the gospel. Now we have the infallibility of scripture, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The holy inspired word of God. If the Bible be not true, neither is our hope, sure. But we believe through, though heaven and earth shall pass away, my word, says the Lord, shall never pass away, praise the Lord. And we build on this truth of the gospel. And so, again, we must not lose hope. There's so many reasons why. Now, the context, as we've been learning on Monday night in the local church at Colossae, um, of saved believers, this letter is written to. It is a Gentile church, and Paul is enduring his first imprisonment in Rome. And Epaphras, as we read about there, uh, we read him verse seven, and he's mentioned in chapter four, and he's also mentioned in Philemon verse twenty-three about he ended up in prison. So he's gone to try and get some help from Paul because um, there's some problems developing. Uh, which we'll look at in a minute, but we'll talk about. But he's ended up in prison himself, as what could happen easily in that day. So what's happened is a serious heresy uh, has infected the Colossian church. Now, this is about six to eight years after it had been established. And as we read Epaphras, he may have been like the pastor. He, We have no understanding that Paul, he may have been, but I'm not going to worry about it, he may have gone to Colossae, but Epaphras may have been saved in Ephesus on one of Paul's missionary journey and gone back and started the church there. But it's been going for about six to eight years. And what's happened, a dangerous Judaistic Gnostic 
type of heresy that denies Christ is creeping in. So what does Paul do under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? He develops the thought, as we see here strongly, of the person and work of Jesus Christ, where we understand what we learn in Colossians. Even the liberal critics say that it's too advanced to what is found in the other of Pauline epistles, the, the person and work of Christ that is centred on here in chapter 1 alone. But the fact is, this is developing. It's developed from Philippians, where the mind of Christ was talked about. And then, you know, the Apostle Paul spent three years after he was saved with the Lord Jesus Christ, before he even went to Jerusalem. So he was as credible more than anyone to have this knowledge that we... Uh, inspired by the Spirit of God that we read today. And, and so, but the risk, this risk was in this local church of verse 23 is of some of them being moved away from the hope of the gospel. And we, what we need to consider with that brings us to our third points, how we may, how we may be moved away from the hope of the gospel and uh, even with those things that... So unless grace be given to prevent us, the grace of God in prayer, sometimes um, we're going to see through this list here these things like pride, which is one of the most destructive ones of all. Um, Now, whenever we get to think of me, myself and I, and this happens, that we are somebody, um, we are moved away from the hope of the gospel. Um, basically, the Lord Jesus said in John fifteen five at the end there, without me, you can do nothing. And we've got to have this in our mind. Again, like the, like the prophet said, it's not by my might, nor by my power, but by thy spirit, saith the Lord. And I've been saying it so much, especially in preparation of this sermon um, and in, in prayer. And so... And what can happen then, uh, we have secondly, despondency. Many there are that go up in the balloon of conceit, that's pride, they go up, while others are ready to roll down the steps of despondency and despair until we enter heaven's glory as we're promised as believers. We must constantly be confessing our sin. 1 John 1, nine. we know. Now, whether that be the least sin, Uh, ought to even make us humble but the greatest sin ought not to make us despair the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin all sin it says that alright false teaching and this is the problem that's happening in the local church coming in now today if we listen to any teaching which um which you can. We can read books. Uh, we have more access through the internet, very accessible, which puts our working, like thinking of pride or our doing, your doing, into the place of Christ. Whenever Christ is replaced through me, myself and I, we literally are drinking in error. There is no hope. We need to desperately examine ourselves, as we know from 2 Corinthians thirteen five, Whether ye be in the faith... Prove your own selves, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. We are warned. And uh, in that, so next, the flesh, just feeling happy should not be the reason why you believe that you are saved. If we trust Christ, we can be as miserable as misery itself or happy as heaven itself and know I'm still truly saved from one extreme to the other. It is faith that does it, not feeling. How tossed about we are by feeling. Faith, believing, we stand firm. And uh, Satan doesn't care whether you jump up off the rock or jump down off the rock. He just wants to get you off the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, from walking with him. And so that is our, when we're just thinking of the, he's working overtime in trying to stop the unsaved from coming to the cross and he's trying to hinder 
believers in their work, in their walk, in their, in their relationship with the Lord in, in very many distractions he's developing through, especially it's become easier for him through the technology and accessibility of a lot of things. We must, not, we must be abstaining from all appearance of evil. And uh, so walking through, we may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Faith will keep us. We will fear no evil. Good feelings will follow. Yes, they will come in the joy of our salvation. We're not denied of that. Hope will be removed if we only live by our feelings, though. The word of God declares we can only worship him in spirit and in truth. And then it brings us to intellect. Gnosticism, which is creeping in. New Age teaching, we call it today, tells us that we are behind the age. The faith which believes God did well back in the times, maybe of the Reformation and the missionary movement, even as far back as the early church, um, that worked then. But nowadays, we are far in advance, they tell us, of all that kind of thing. They try to dazzle us with their new concept, their new way. But we see the red flags could, should straight away come up when, we, which, when these new ways have no Christ in them at all. Um, let's think of this. like When banks used to move big money or gold billion or diamonds, when they used to do all that, they didn't tell anyone about it. They did it quietly. Like when they move a president in an unsecure area, they keep it quiet until they get him from A to B. And that's because it's worth a lot to them and they don't want the enemy to know. Now, if these new ages had real diamonds, that is the real truth of Jesus Christ, they would hold their tongue. And not it's because they're not real. That's why they can splurt on and say what they do. But we have a more sure word of testimony, the hope of our calling. And so in concluding this now, let's we see why we must not be moved away from the hope of, of the gospel as believers. Um, one, for there is nothing better to take its place. We should be convinced of that already. Now, like, we have the mining boom and it's sort of picking up a little bit again, but... It's still going, but that's far away from here, the majority of it, over in Western Australia or far north Queensland. And you know what? It's isolated. It's long hours. It's, it's far away from home. But see, no one from around here or the east side of Australia would think of going over there if the wages or conditions were no, like if they, weren't, if they were no better than what we get here, they wouldn't even think of going over there and displacing your yourself and maybe your family but because it is so much better that's why they go and why would we jump out of the frying pan into the fire um, we know this is the the best good better the, it is the best it is the only as we know from the verse the way and so who what others have to offer of truth of hope of comfort, of joy equal. What others have that to offer of joy equal to what we possess in Christ now? And secondly, we will have not peace but bondage. Doubt, fear, unbelief. We cannot grow anymore in the grace and knowledge as we read there, as they were or in verse 9, the knowledge of his will that is in doctrine, and spiritual understanding and in verse 10 that they might walk worthy that is putting it into practice unto all pleasing and and bearing fruit in that um that'll all stop and so three we have deserted our savior that's what we've done we risk being ashamed at his coming the loss of rewards and so when we consider these things, um, we must continue. As and, and it, we read there in verse 23, just in closing, in the faith, grounded and settled. 
And as the Apostle Paul put it, I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep me. And that's through all circumstance and, and brevity of life and suffering and sickness and trials. That's what he means, grounded and settled. False teaching, persecution that will come in, as I was talking about the calm before the storm. We need to be grounded and settled in the calm right now and we have every privilege and opportunity to be to to bear literally bear the yoke in our youth of of the study and being equipped and teaching others to teach others and um and so this is a command and and so let's labor as we read in verse 29 striving according to his working which worketh in me in us mightily let's believe that so let's close in prayer Lord, we thank you for your word of truth, the gospel of truth. We thank you that it has power through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse us. Lord, that we can understand and know your will. So, Lord, we pray that you'd open the eyes of our heart and the ears of our understanding to know the knowledge of your will and way and to walk worthy, as we read there, Lord, of um, the, the Colossian church being fruitful in every good work, we pray. May we uh, be praying and striving to bear good fruit um, and growing in the knowledge of God, Lord, that we can stand and not be moved away when things go terribly wrong, as they can in our lives. But you are greater, Lord. You are the almighty, the sovereign Lord of creation and of salvation. So, Lord, may we just continue confessing our sins every day. With a small, we be ashamed and humbled and great. We just don't be caught up into despair, but just bring that to you. And if, Lord, there are many resources given from the preaching of this word and that are available through uh, the ministry in this church that are able to encourage and edify the brethren even through our fellowship lord we ask these things now and thank you in jesus name amen